welcome to episode numero nueve, number nine. Not, this is not ten. No, this is number nine, hun. Oh, sorry, trying to, you know, jump the gun. <laughs> so glad I've been getting so much feedback of how you guys think that I'm so hilarious. I think tearing into the, the scalp like Velcro. <laughs> that was dope. Literally, she just called me and she was like, guys, why are you so funny? And I was like, babe, but can you relate? Can you relate though? She was like, oh my God. So she went into her, you know, little story that she, you know. You sound like such a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so funny. Anyways, let's that introduce ourselves. Hi guys, welcome to episode nine of Next Minute Podcast. Um, we're recording remotely today. Well, they don't need to know that because we're... we're they do need to know that and I'll tell you why. Because the audio might sound a bit different and there might be a bit of cutting out here and there. So anyways, I know you guys love us regardless. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Cleo. My name's Yasmin. And Cleo's really annoying. She just annoys me just looking at her face through the oh Zoom. Oh my God. That's <laughs> such a bitch. Anyway, moving on. I'm having a really, really, just really tough week. Okay. I don't know. I just don't feel myself. What's happening? Why? I just feel as if life is moving and it's leaving me behind. Oh. I've never felt that way where you know people and things around you seem to be taking up ground and you just feel like oh my goodness I'm just stuck yes do you feel that way because you are not facing your front I don't I'm just confused I don't know what's happening are you looking are you looking at others too much and is that why you feel that way darling okay so do you know why you feel that way then I feel this way because I feel like I can't do the stuff that restores my soul. For those of you that know me, I love to travel. So I love to at least have a flight booked. Well, Han, I definitely can relate to how you're feeling. I mean, I know this is going to sound really trivial and really just so first world problem-ish, but I need my nails done. And it's like not having my nails done makes me feel... I don't want to say like acrylics are what makes me me but in a way it kind of does it does <laughs> <laughs> like it just adds to my it's it's just those little things that make me happy and it's mm. those little things that I can look forward to if I've got a nail appointment booked for a fortnight away I'm looking forward to that but there's mm. nothing to look forward to oh my god there's nothing to look forward to and did you hear about the restrictions Listen, why? Listen, I just want to know why Boris just hates all these bad bitches out here. Like, we're just trying to be bad bitches. We want to get our lashes done. We want to do our nails. We need our feet done. Oh, but apparently pubs and garden centres are more important. No, I'm trying to find the list. Where did I get the list from? Shade Barrow, probably. Oh, yes, that's it. I was there going on BBC News and you're like, yeah. Shade Barrow, darling, Shade Barrow. (laughs) Now, okay, let's go through this list and find out Wagwan because it's actually not even funny. Right, so 
The venues listed as being able to reopen include pubs, bars, restaurants, but only a table service indoors and owners will be asked to keep contact details of customers to help with contact tracing. That's long. That's long. But only with a table service indoors. So wouldn't it make sense? Because the weather's so nice, why can't you sit outside? Because you can't. Maybe maybe because you're going to be in the way of the public, bringing in germs, taking food outside, germs, okay. cross-contamination. I don't know. Right, they say hotels, holiday apartments, campsites and caravan parks, but shared facilities must be cleaned properly. Cool, yeah. okay. Theatres and music halls, but they will not be allowed to hold live performances. So What's if the point? open right you, you can't sing in church i, I haven't even re reached to the yeah, church yeah yeah no go on carry on we can go to theaters but hold on <laughs> i digress right in other changes weddings will be allowed to have 30 attendees and places of worship will be allowed to hold services but singing will be banned um okay from heaven you came helpless babe <laughs> A world <laughs> of glory failed, and that flung stars into space. space. What? What? Come on now. How are you gonna? Try? But what's the point? What is the point? Because let's face it, we all gather together so we can have a good old, you know, we can all belt out the ballads. Like, what's the point? We can have groups in a park though, and and be talking and. Right. I, I, I really want to know what the problem with singing is. Listen, they want you to close your mouth shut <laughs> and not worship the living God. Hold, hold your praise, isn't it? But I, I really want to understand that. Like, why? The way that the singing should be banned, they said that with their chest. Why, though? Why? But I wonder who's going to be controlling that. Because there's going to be that one sister in church. <laughs> We're gonna take her out. Okay, okay. I'm not holding Here's, my mouth closed. Nope. Hair salons and barbers will be eight. And plus, with the whole church thing, especially with our, you know, black Pentecostal churches, mm. these crowds of people, how are you gonna police that? We're all dying to go back to church. Let's be real. Like, we're dying for it. So, I don't understand how this is going to work. Hair salons and barbers will be able to reopen but must put protective measures such as visors in place. Okay, so nails. Exactly, what's the issue there? So you can be in my scalp, <laughs> but you cannot nails. Listen, whoever remembers Nam back in Peckham, do you know about Nam, Cleo? We went to Nam before. Nam was wearing face masks from beginning of 2000. Well, most of them do anyways. I'm, a large majority Protect. of techs wear face masks. So all it's going to you know, take is for, for obviously the customers to definitely wear them. And maybe you might just throw in a visor here and there. Like it's, it's not that deep. And they, sometimes they wear gloves to do nails. What's the problem? It's probably more sterile than a hairdresser. Libraries, community centres and bingo halls. So, okay, I'm sure with bingo, you've got to shout a number. Singing, shouting, okay. Cinemas, museums and galleries, fun fairs, theme parks and adventure parks. You can scream, obviously. 
Um, amusement arcades, skating rinks, and model villages, indoor attractions where animals are exhibited, exhibited such as zoos, aquariums, farms, safari parks, and wildlife centers. So all of those places will be open, but with restrictions. I've been, a lot of the nail techs that I follow on Instagram, they're all just so devastated. They're like, we're so sorry, ladies. We thought we were going to be open by the 4th. We're not. We don't know when. Like, they're really upset because they were so looking forward to, you know, going back to work. Following places will remain closed by law. Nightclubs and casinos, but bingo halls are open, by the way. Yep. The, the bar is okay. Okay. Bowling alleys and indoor skating rinks. Indoor play areas, including soft play, spas, nail bars and beauty salons, <laughs> massage tattoo piercing parlours, indoor fitness and dance studios, indoor gyms, all the gym freaks are vex about that, <laughs> um, swimming pools, water parks, exhibition and conference centres, other than those for work for that, for that venue. It's just such, it's just diabolical. And in all honesty, like, I don't want to hear another person say, oh, you have to be patient. Who's telling you to be patient? Now, no one's saying that to me directly, but I'm just looking at the sort of people... So, I'm, again, I'm talking about nail salons because that's dear to my heart, clearly. Like, the sort of people that are commenting under posts on Instagram talking about, well, ladies, you know, you have to be patient. Rare... No one asked you, for starters. But obviously, the only thing we can do is be patient. So I guess they've got a point there. <clears throat> well, Amsterdam has opened its borders. So, oh, is it? Yeah, but then look, if everything's closed, then what's the point? Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> that's true. I just feel like you know, I I'm supposed to be making ground. I'm going to be thirty in four months. We're nearly halfway through the year. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna have a break. halfway through the year. I'm gonna have a breakdown on the podcast on episode nine. No, you're not. That's in four months, Cleo. Okay. I think it's going to be all right. Like, we'll get to October. Uh, you're, forgetting my, you're forgetting my birthday comes before yours, yeah? And I know... Oh, it's about 29 or oh 28. And I know it's your... Th- Look, she doesn't even know how old I am. Do you know what? We're moving on because you're getting on my nerves. <laughs> you're me off. Don't even this know how old I am. Huh? 20. Oh, yeah. 20. You're 28, babes. I know how old you are. I can't believe you're actually going to be 29. And I'm going to be 30. I had big plans. Yeah, girls, we're going to Bali. Bali, shut down. Shut down. Everything, luck off, shut down. Anyway, on to other things. What I'm finding that is resurfacing on social media is this issue with sexual assault and what I find oh. huh uh, you said and and I said I oops. <laughs> what I find is that with a lot of us women we don't realize or we haven't realized until much later on in life that we've most of us have experienced some sort of assault in some degree so apparently there was this list going around on Twitter like maybe a week ago or something and basically there was this girl she had put out a tweet and she said hey ladies if um, you've experienced sexual assault or anything and you want to like 
share the name of um, the person that assaulted you, you can just tweet me anonymously and I will just put those names out there. Yeah, I know. So there was a list of all these guys on there. Wow. And um, like well-known guys like within social media and whatever. Yeah. And me and the girls were talking in the group chat and somebody said, like a lot of times it's really sad because a lot of times these guys don't even realize that what they've done is sexual assault. Mm. And it's the other way as well. A lot of women don't even realize that what they experienced was sexual assault. So, you know, for instance, like if you're in a club now and you're talking to a guy, you're getting flirty, whatever, everything's cool. And then like, he feels like he has permission to perhaps, you know, grab a breast, grab a bum cheek. If there was no consent there, that's assault. But a lot of times these men don't even realize it. And so when you're bringing it up years later, yeah, you assaulted me. They're just like, what? No, I would never do that. But they don't. So mm, what's your thoughts on that, babe? Yeah, I've noticed a lot of um, people are, are coming out of the woodworks in terms of like females that are, you know, putting you know, rappers, British artists, American, just people in general on blast. Um, what do you mean, what, must, what, what, what do you mean, what's my fault? Oh, I guess it was just on my mind and I guess we were just, you know, I thought we would um, have I'm a just, I'm that always do that to me. Um, <laughs> but obviously, like, it's a really serious issue and I, I can obviously attest to growing up probably in the era that some of these guys have been outed now like being younger things like that did used to happen like at school yeah quite no like boys just used to like just slap the bum or like try and grab a breast but then it was normalized but I'm just thinking I don't know if we're ready to have this this conversation but it's obviously wrong but because we as a society, we've become so hypersensitive to everything. So like I could probably look it back in the archives and be like, oh my goodness, you did something that was really inappropriate. And rightly so for me to bring it up if it's tra traumatized me. But um, what is the end goal? Is the end goal to educate? Or is it, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I think it, I think it would be to edu educate. And it would be to end this like silence culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because none of these guys are, are, have been arrested, right? <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. No, I don't know why you're laughing, babes. It's really serious. <laughs> Not that I know of, no. And again, you've got those stories of these women that they love to cry wolf. Because I, I think the most recent one that I, I'm probably up to date with, with was with the one with Justin Bieber. And oh, this yeah, yeah. girl was like, yeah, you know, he took me to the hotel and he did X, Y, Z with me. But then turns out that she totally fabricated the whole thing. And like, he wasn't even at the hotel. So there's a double-edged sword with that. But I feel like women should definitely be punished if they're proved to be lying. But obviously, Absolutely. we shouldn't be shame because if a woman says this is what happens to me obviously 
you know, the automatic reaction is just to be like, oh my goodness, that's awful, you know, and sympathize with her. But then if it comes back round and she was lying, I feel like she should be arrested and like put into the jail. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, for me, all it's made me want to do is if and when I become a mother to a son even actually not just a son a daughter if and when I become a mother it's just going to want to make me make them aware that Mm. you can't go around touching or saying things to people um, in a way that I think deep down you would know is inappropriate absolutely I feel it just comes down to education I feel like it is we have come so far as a society and to some extent um I'm disregarding the sexual um, assault stuff because I know that's a whole different ball game. But in terms of we're so hypersensitive to everything now, in terms of comedians that are making jokes, like blackface, like stuff like Bo Selector back in the day. I don't know about everybody else, but I found that hilarious back in the day. David. Do you remember? It's kind of like, yeah, no, I remember it. And it's it's the same with... um, Little Britain, like me and my huh? The little black boy. Who made those? The little black boy. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, but then I don't know. So brainwashed. I don't know. Me and my mum used to watch. We used to love Little Britain, and we knew the jokes were racist. Like we knew it, but it's it was funny. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that one there. But then now they're saying that, you know, Little Britain's been pulled from Netflix. I loved Little Britain. I <laughs> thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and like, you've getting all of these people that have these comedians. I definitely feel like comedians should be off limits because they play on, you know, stereotypes and they should be off limits. I mean, off limits to an extent, though. You're there to make people laugh. You play on people's insecurities. I don't know if you've ever been to a stand-up show where they literally just rip him the front row apart. And we're going to be like, oh, you're, you're attacking me. Ah. Well, then you just don't go, innit? You just don't watch it. This is the thing. People are just super sensitive these days. Then again, I don't, I don't know who controls this, who controls this hypersensitivity, what's right and what's wrong. And I don't know, Theo. I don't know. But it's an it's an interesting debate to have. But anyways, let's you know teach our kids, our god kids, our nieces, our nephews. Are you gonna have kids, Clee? Yeah. Do you feel pressure? No. Approaching, you, you know, you're coming up to your twenty ninth year this October. I'm already in my twenty ninth year. Okay, we're not gonna do the whole. <laughs> you're twenty eight. So you're coming up to your 29th year. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm already in my 29th year. <laughs> I'm coming up to my 30th year, but I'm turning 29. Anyways. Um, so huh? You're so dumb. I'm not dumb. Don't call me that. <laughs> don't call me that. Anyways, uh, do I feel pressure? No, I don't. I actually don't. Because a long time ago, I decided to just live my life for me. So I don't feel that pressure. I'm not saying I never feel pressure at all. But I mean, when it comes to having a kid, no one can tell me anything. But it's so funny because my lovely nan 
<laughs> rang me the other day. <laughs> yeah, and what did she say? She's too funny. She was like, look, you know, Cleo, I just think that it's time for you to have a baby. You know, you're getting on now. And, you know, like, even if you don't get married first, just still just try and have a baby like try and get a man and find and you know have a baby please please and she's like pretty much begging me she's like please just have a baby you know and I I mean like I didn't take it to heart or anything like I didn't feel offended you know she's she's my nan she wants a great grandchild I think that's all it is but then I also think she's thinking of like oh you're nearly 30 no babies yet. Because <laughs> yeah. I think the older generation, they started very, very young. They did. You're right. They did start young. My nan had my dad young. My, my other nan had my mum young. My mum had me young. My dad had me young. So, of course. But, listen, we're in a completely, gener- completely different generation. And I think that's what helps me to just face my front. Mm. And not take, not take on any pressure that anyone's trying to put on me. Like, mm. I listened to my nan and I said, yes, nanny, I hear you. And then that's it. Like, I'm not actually going to listen to her. Mm. I'm not going to rush to have a baby. Mm-hmm. I say this now, next minute. <laughs> <laughs> next minute. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so no. How do you feel about having being pregnant without being married? Being pregnant first, then married? I mean, personally, I would prefer to be married first because and my dad actually gave me this advice he said that you know when you get married like have that time with your spouse before you have a baby and you know because a baby takes up all your time Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that you can't be happily married and still have a fun marriage with a child there but it would be nice to be married with my husband Mm -hmm. where you know we've got time to just be husband and wife it's just us two you know so I would prefer it but listen I find that in some aspects I'm not really in control of my life I mean if you believe in a higher power then I don't know in some in some ways you're not really in control so whatever happens happens I'm open to life I think life will present its beauty to you if you're open to it Mm. oh that's the quote of the week (laughs) um yeah, it will present its beauty to you if you're open to it. If you, if you literally stand with your hands open, and I'm not saying just do this when you're at the bus stop, but, you know, just be open to receive. What about you, babe? Do you want to have kids? Um, I'm, again, I'm not bothered either way, but I feel like as I'm approaching my uh, 30th year, I believe that... It would. I'm open to the idea of kids. I feel like as black women, there's there's two kind of a two tongued fork. It's either you're really focused on your career, or you're pregnant at you know an early age. Mm. And I think I've gone down the career route, but then I'm just thinking. Oh, I mean, I, I think I think there's three prongs to be honest. So you've got the, so you've got the ones who um will enter parenthood early and you've got mm. the ones that are more career focused and then you've got the ones that are just coasting and I feel like that's me <laughs> I feel like I'm just I've been winging it since 
probably since I left uni. Yeah. Because there's once I left uni, it was like, okay, I'm actually on my own now. Like what what I think education, being in an institute creates structure in your life. Mm-hmm. And so when you leave that now, it's just like oh. <laughs> I feel like I've just been winging it since then. Has that been intentional? Mm, no, it hasn't. Intentional. Because I'm trying to understand, like, how... I don't know, because obviously we're, we're very different. But I'm like, how can you wing it? So, just to, you know, just to put it <coughs> short. Yeah. Just to keep it short. When I left uni in 2015, mm. I figured the next step, which is the more obvious step, you know, you would go and you would look for a graduate job, mm. which is what I did. I did volunteering first, and then afterwards I was looking for graduate jobs. I didn't get a, my first graduate job until 2017. Yeah, but that's, that's standard for most graduates, though. Fair enough, but I was, I was looking, mm-hmm. right? And I wasn't getting... And, and I know my mum was looking at me thinking, what is wrong with you? Like, why have you not... And I, I didn't know what the issue was. I just, Mm -hmm. for some reason, I just could not settle in anything. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward to what, 2019, I'm now self-employed. Like this, this wasn't the plan. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't the plan at all. So I guess I'm still winging it. There's, there's no plan here. I wouldn't say you're winging it though. You've created a plan by being self-employed. I became self-employed out of frustration. Winging it to me just sounds so like dangerous. Okay, oh, so come see, so come start, like whatever happens is gonna happen. Do you know what I mean? I'll just go along with the tide. Oh, it might take me to the ocean, it might, you know. I think it, I can afford to have a more winging it mindset because I still live at home. Mm. Mm. I think obviously if you're completely on your own, yeah. then you have to be a bit more um see I don't want to say smart because it doesn't it doesn't make me unsmart but you you know you just have to be a bit more strict with your decisions yeah I mean when did I leave home 19 um I graduated at 21 um my first job wasn't a graduate job it was uh for SD Lauder companies I was working for Clinique as a beauty counter girl and then I did that. That was after my degree. And then I went to go and, and travel and do another degree abroad. But that I would say that would be, would have been winging it because that wasn't really in my plan to travel and you know study abroad. Yeah. And then coming back home, it was like from Australia. It was just like oh crap, you know. Let me put something to good like my my brain to good use, so to speak. And I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's just, to be fair, do you know what? My luck with jobs, I've always been blessed. Yes, um, all me and the rest of our friends can agree. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what it is like. It's Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have definitely been blessed. Mm-hmm. Because there's been times where I've just been like, oh my God. But then I just seem to have that grace where I can just jump from job to job to job. Touching wood. Yeah, no, it's good. But, um, yeah, no, education is definitely 
it's a, it's a good guide, but I would not want anybody that is, you know, contemplating whether to go to uni now to feel like uni is the end all and be all of every, everything because it's absolutely not. And I feel like so many of us, our age, we did those degrees without even thinking properly about the future. Absolutely. Because <laughs> my mum was like, oh, get up with a job. She just wanted the photo by hook or crook. She just wanted to be cheesing on graduation day with the photo. She had that beside her bed, bless her. But yeah, like grandma, I'm doing, you know, a degree in education. Oh, that's nice. Does she know any of the syllabuses? No. <laughs> she was so, so happy. And that, like just seeing her happy in the gown, oh, it's just mad. Yeah. I've not put myself through that again. But then I say that, but then I do want to go back to uni and study, you know, further. Same. But now with the mindset of yeah. me knowing what I want, Absolutely. Not just doing it, speak of just oh doing it. And I was speaking to my friend um yesterday actually. Shout out to Steph. Um, you know, just when we used to get the loans and we used to get the grants and this, that, and the other. And and, and she was saying to me that, you know, when she used to get uni money, she was going on holidays, she was doing this, that, and the other. And then my mindset was basically because I was commuting, going back and forth was to save up, do my little driving lessons, get my little car. Like, everybody's mindset is just so different. Yeah. And obviously, looking back, I would definitely do things differently. And like, I would be putting money in an ISA somewhere. But then, again, that's why education is so important. Because obviously, if we do have kids, we want to tell them everything that they need to know to succeed and set them up for a win. Yeah. Remember little EMA money? <laughs> I remember with EMA, my mum earned too much, so I was only getting ten pound a week. And most of the oh. time, I did. Most of the time, I didn't even get that, anyways, because I was always late for lessons. Listen, <laughs> I was telling the t- teacher to backtrack the register. Mm-hmm. I was getting, I was sick on that day. That ninety pound in my account. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it helped a lot of us, you know. Yeah. yeah. Books? No, I was going to Primark. And eating out at Pizza Hut in Woolwich. But, but then you also had a job, so. And that's the thing. Again, like some of my other friends that they were like, no, I haven't worked. I've been working since I was 16. And I'm, I'm sure it's similar to same, same, yeah. And like some of my, my friends are like, no, I didn't have a, a proper job until after uni. And I'm thinking, well, how did you? I wish that I could have just solely focused on my, my A-levels. I wish that was the case. Instead of going to Shooters Hill, last lesson was at four o'clock, had a shift in Brixton at Marks and Spencer's for 6 p.m. until 10 and doing it all again. I don't know how I did it. It's mad. It's mad what we did for our little pocket money. But yeah, I'll always remember the turning point for me. Like that made me want to get a job. So it's not like I had to get one. Mm. I'll, I'll never forget like because I'm the only child to my mum so a lot of times I could just get not what I wanted but like if I if I asked I said oh mum do you mind she'd be like yeah okay or if she couldn't afford it, she couldn't afford it mm. but I remember once where we were in Matalan and she was buying things like picking up bits for herself mm. 
So I said, oh, mum, can I have these shoes? And she said, no, can't do it all the time. That was it. That's all it took, you know, that one no. How old were you? Huh? How old were you? Uh, yeah, I must have been 16, like maybe just about to finish school. So you were like, right. And I just okay. started looking for jobs. And then it was two months after I finished school that I got a job. That's sick. So. Remember what you did with your first paycheck? I don't, but I remember thinking it was a hell of a lot of money. It was like a hundred quid for the month. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> but but so, back then, you don't have no bills, no nothing. You're like, oh my God, I'm rich. I bet I could dig up my old pay slips and show you that. Like it was like a hundred and, and maybe six pound because I was on some stupid four hour contract. And it was like a hundred and six pounds for the month that I was getting. For a 16-year-old, that is enough money. It's not, you know, because I found that my friends were getting... Like, my friends were on maybe, like, 16 hours a week. So they were getting a little bit more. My my first check was 600 and something. But I remember my first money, because I'd worked overtime or I'd missed the cut-off date previously. So I got 900 and something. And I I bought my laptop, my little Dell laptop. I was so happy. Oh my god, the feeling. See now that as your first paycheck is good. That is good. I did not know what to do. Mm. So happy. Bought my little laptop for six hundred pounds. Actually, no, that's a lie. Probably three hundred pounds. Don't know what I did with the rest of the money. But you wouldn't remember though. So I I don't even remember what I did with that. All I know is that every month I would get paid. It to me it just seemed like a large amount of money, but then the money would be gone in a week. A week. What was I spending it on? I know I was going top shop. Oh yeah, I was definitely buying clothes, probably going to do my nails, and then I don't know, was I paying for a phone bill? Probably. Very likely. Oh. Yeah. That money would be gone in a week. And then the rest that I don't know how I think my mum was still like giving me pocket money here and there. Yeah. So that got me through. So, you know, like when, if and when you have kids, like, do you want them to have that sense of independence or do you want to be able to give them everything you didn't have? No. So, Which they, basic, basic little kids, if I ever do have kids, um, obviously not too, too basic. I want them to just appreciate the power of independence and working. There's nothing, okay. Maybe I'm unlike this because I've never had anything given to me on a silver spoon. However, the accomplishment of just doing something yourself or accomplishing something or getting that first check yourself, it does something for your self-esteem. You're right. I agree. And I definitely feel like parents that spoon feed their children, um, they're creating a liability. for. They're not setting them up for a win when it comes to their marriage, when it comes to their relationships, friendships, you're not setting them up for a win because they always come with this entitled or, you know, oh, I can just go back to my mummy and this, that and the other. No, let me do what I need to do to, you know, rear you in a, you know, obviously give them all the love. And that's the thing, children don't even remember the things that they got. They just remember the love, the support. I love my mum because I can talk to her about anything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if it makes sense. No, you do make sense. No, what I about you? 
I feel like you would spoil your kids. I think it, it, it low-key annoys me that a lot of people say this because I am like, I, I'm independent and it's just trickled down from generations. So my great-grand, my nan, my mum, they're all the same, grinding, like, do you know what I mean? So I just can't imagine me not wanting to instill that sense of independence in my own kids. I'm not saying that I'm not going to give them stuff. I'm not mm. saying that I'm not going to support them and help them with whatever they need. But again, as the Libra that I am, I just want to have a good balance between the two. Mm. So yes, you are going to know how to make a meal. You're going to know how to wash your clothes. You are going to work. I think it's important to you know try and get your own however if you know your paycheck is a bit short this month you need an extra I don't know 100 quid whatever whatever it is I'd like to think that as a mum of course I'll be there for my kids I just want to have a healthy balance of the two yeah that's the main thing yeah main thing just having a healthy balance of the two but all this kid talk man oh sounds so boring is it boring to you (laughs) I think it's because you low-key don't see yourself as a parent. So that's why whenever we talk about kids, you're like, oh, well, I'm probably not going to have kids. And I just think, like, you would be such a good mum. But I know you don't, like, you can't imagine yourself as a a parent. But I think you'd be such a good mum. Babes, literally, I'm not. The fact is, I love babies. And children love me. But then I just know that I don't have to stay with them all the time. So I can be that fun aunt. Like, oh, I want to live with Auntie Yasmin. But y'all ain't gonna live with me. <laughs> I'll be judge, jury, and the executioner. I don't know. I think for some women, obviously for some women, they don't, they don't have kids. They, they never want to have kids. And that's a beautiful thing. But then there are some women that they don't feel maternal until later on in life. So, you know, I know women that have had babies in their 40s. And... I guess for some people that's not ideal, but for others they're just like, boy, whenever I'm re- whenever I get that that urge to mother mm. another human being, then I will just do it. Yeah. So I just want the best for you, anyways. So whatever makes you happy. If it makes you happy. Who's no, right. It's some right. some white girl. I don't even know her name, but. <laughs> back in the day back in that day 80s or 90s rock <laughs> so you want to be like that rich auntie rich fun auntie that you know holidays in in santorini and saint tropez and and monaco brings back the good present yeah i would always yeah. puts about 100 quid in a birthday cards <laughs> jesus name that that yeah that's more me but even like my my brothers just had a baby I'm really excited they're coming down tomorrow and I'm really excited to just see the little baby and hold it and like you know even getting the little pictures and stuff like that I'm like oh it's so cute but it'll be good to see like oh my goodness that's my baby brother's baby like I hold my little baby brother in it's mad but well yeah I look forward to meeting your niece I yes. think you need to, like, 
acknowledge this this is a you've got a whole niece yes it's your it's your it's your brother's baby but it's your like in some way she belongs to you yes your niece yes. that's dope i'm not going to be an auntie until when who knows <laughs> my siblings are bad you are an auntie are you not a godmom that is no i'm talking about like biological auntie I'm never. I'm not gonna get that opportunity for for a good amount of years. I don't know if that makes a difference. But... I mean, obviously it doesn't. Obviously it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Like I claim my friends' kids. Like, yeah, that, that's my niece. That's my nephew. But yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> I can't say I have an actual niece or nephew. Yeah. But it's 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 fine. It's fine. Is anybody going to even listen to this podcast? I'm going to need you to not be so negative uh, because I, I believe our podcast is great and everyone wants to listen. In fact, I got a message today from my dear friend, T, who said, I'm going to need these episodes to be longer, sis. So clearly... Oh, well repeat, have a ton repeat. <laughs> <laughs> People, I say this to you all the bloody time. People want to hear us. They want to hear what we've got to say. So we're going to make our episodes longer. You are not the boss. You are not the boss. They want to hear more. They want to hear about your life experiences and your, your viewpoints. So I don't want to hear all this. Oh, no one's going to listen. It's too, oh, no, it's, it's, it's too long. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it. Anyways, we're going to end it here, guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode nine. Yaz, any passing, passing? Departing words? No, Cleo, no departing words. Do you have any departing words? Um, well, if anyone's feeling like life is leaving them behind, all I can say is you're not the only one that feels that way. And it's going to be okay. You know, go at your own pace, face your front and just live your life for you. Do what makes you happy. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, then, guys, we'll see you next week. Don't forget to follow us on socials. Love you. Bye. Bye.